All right, well, oh, happy oh, birthday God, to you. Oh, happy you. birthday to you. May you feel Jesus near every day of the year. Oh, happy birthday to you. Oh, happy birthday to you. And the best year you ever had. Happy birthday, Rachel. Hey. Thanks. Praise him. Praise Thanks. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. All right, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel here with Corey and James, as usual. And today, our topic is silence. And so what I want to know from you guys is... When you are in silence, whatever it might be, maybe your office is quiet, maybe your house is quiet, maybe you got in the car and your Bluetooth didn't connect right away or something, so your car is silent. When you find yourself in silence, what is your reaction? Quit being silent on purpose. Oh my gosh. How did that make you feel? How did that make you feel? There's a difference between dead air on a podcast and finding yourself in silence. How that made you feel is how silence makes me feel. It feels like dead air. It feels like it feels like I don't know. I gotta like jump in and like and like fill the gap. Like I gotta you know I I, I gotta make something happen. You know I have fillers, right? You ever like I, I I have fillers. If it's too silent for too long and I really don't know like where to go in this conversation, I'll just hit him with a. That's crazy. Like that's a filler. I just I that's code for like I actually just don't know what to say and it's really awkward and so I just feel like I need to fill the void. Silence is awkward. Silence is weird. You have been a pastor for too long that you just popped an object lesson like on the spot like that. Just just <laughs> dropped into it. I mean, you did. With your goofy <laughs> smile. <laughs> yeah, I probably I probably have two answers to that. One that's probably hyper spiritual and one that is like devoid of any spiritual fiber. Um, answer one is when I was at the monastery with the brothers and I actually experienced like inner silence. That was beautiful. Like they challenged us all week to not only be like silent externally as in not talking, but to achieve a space like internally where like no one is speaking. And that was like intensely spiritual to like quiet the mind and the heart and the sit in silence. I think what I learned through that is like when you sit in silence, like when I opened my eyes, I was, I was hearing and what I was seeing in completely different ways. It was just this whole, it was a vibe. It was a whole spiritual experience. Now it's far different. I think I've extra, I've over extroverted in the last decade or more, probably closer to 15 years now, I've over-extroverted. So now I just want to be silent. Unless I'm around, like, it's like 15 people who I like. I want to talk to everybody, but there's 15 people who, like, I really want to talk to. And other than that, I'd rather just, like, be silent. Or I'd rather not even be silent. I'd rather just not hear other people talk. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the OAB mode. Yeah, the homies. Now I'm old, angry, and black. So, and it's true. So I'd rather just be OAB. 
If, okay. it's, if it's not those 15 to 20 people, just I'd rather just be silent. Yeah. As soon as you started talking about that retreat, I remembered when you went on that retreat <laughs> and when you came back and, and how um, frustrated you were with individuals on the trip who struggled to observe the silence. Yeah, shout out to my guy. <laughs> shout out, my guy. Johnny 3000, Harpe Diem, my guy. So, okay, so as we're looking at silence, um, just, just speak to that a little bit. When you are aiming for intentional silence and you are trying to hear from God, and you're trying to focus and you're trying to grow. Um, talk about what it feels like to be interrupted. Like when somebody is disrespecting your silence and the silence. I think. So spiritual formation or soul training is this idea that we are training our souls and we're training our minds and we're training our bodies to be more aware of what God is doing and what God is saying around us. Because the reality is God is always speaking, but are we positioned to hear it? Yeah. Right? Like some years ago, you know, a brother was just living and you know, you know, I wasn't I wasn't near my mother who was telling me to like clean my ears. Mm. And I was on campus <clears throat> and I legit like wondered what was wrong with me. And I called my mom and I was like, "Yo, I got to go to the doctor." And I went to the doctor, and I literally thought I was losing my hearing in 2011, but I wasn't. I just literally needed to clean my ear. <laughs> this is not a metaphor. This is not an object lesson. not an object lesson. This really happened. This is, this is literally real. I was at Norton Family Practice with Dr. Strokes. And he was like, he's like, let me take a look. And he's like, oh. And then he just, yeah, to save you the imagery, he just pulled the wax out of my ears. And it was just like. And I was like, yo, I can hear. Oh, my god. Spiritual goodness. formation in many ways is like being attentive and like spiritually using the Q-tip. So when we pray rhythmically and when we're silent rhythmically and when we're practicing spiritual disciplines, what it does is it literally positions us to hear from God. Mm. So I would say when those things are distracted, when those things are interrupted, it's hard because it knocks you off rhythm. And for me, like the spiritual life is, it's all about rhythm. It's inhale, it's exhale. It's something that, yeah, at this point it's really free flowing. And when those distractions come, like it's difficult. And the reality is like those distractions aren't always like, they're not always bad things. Yeah. Like those distractions can oftentimes be like good and beautiful things, but it knocks you off rhythm. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, I remember my spiritual life as it was like really, as I really began to like take it really serious, like around 2012. And I remember like, yeah, I remember things I would do. I just can't do any of those things now. And it's okay, but like I'm just yeah. in a different space in life. Like, I, yeah, if I try to do those things now, a tiny voice will say, Daddy, I'm hungry. <laughs> Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, I like. Oh my gosh, 2012 is such a perfect year to look at. I mean, that was the year that Corey and I got married, and two years later is when we had Sarah. 
and we were starting the process of planting Third Street. And I remember being so concerned, so concerned about starting Third Street, not because I didn't agree, not because I didn't want to, but because I loved the church we were at. I loved it so much. And I remember thinking, like, God, how on earth do you want me to see my husband as my pastor? Like, this is the man that I'm married to. And if I can't view him as my pastor and I'm his wife, then how am I supposed to lead a church in viewing him as their pastor? And so I prayed. uh, I prayed that fall. Um, God, help me view my husband as my pastor, because if if I'm going to, to be in this with him and I'm going to lead this church with him, I have to be able to view him in that way. And if I'm going to leave this pastor that, that I love, then I, you've got to fully replace his teaching in my life. And so I prayed that prayer, like, God, help me view my husband as my pastor. And for the next two full years... I never again heard from God the way that I was used to. Mm-hmm. And I referred to him as silent. I said, God is silent. God is not speaking to me. And I was mad about it because God never answers our prayers in the ways that we expect him to answer our prayers, right? Like I thought, I'll just get to keep this way that I've always heard from God because I have this great one-on-one relationship with God. Before we got married, I was so good at hearing from him by myself. Our first couple of years of marriage, I didn't need to consult Corey about God because I got everything I needed in my prayer life, when I was out running, when I would do whatever it was I was doing, when I was reading my Bible, God would just like download things. God didn't need Corey. I didn't need him to teach me. And then God went silent. What I said was silent. But what was actually happening was God was speaking to me in an entirely different way. And I was so angry. I was so angry during that period. I was like, God, why won't you talk to me? I don't understand. What did I do? Why are you mad at me? Why are you punishing me? Like every possible thing that I could throw at him. Why are you this? Why are you? I was making I was pitying myself. And I was making this about like God is a mean father, right? But then Corey started coming home from work. And at that point I had had to quit my job because we couldn't afford childcare. I was losing money on the days I would go to work. And so all I was doing was watching Mickey Mouse and changing diapers and hot stuff dog, all day, right? Dog. Right, hot, the hot the dog hot, song. Hot dog. Like, oh, my gosh, I did not get to listen to worship music. I got to listen to the hot dog song. Ba, 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 da, right, ba, da, ba. like I, I didn't get to go on runs and listen to podcasts and listen to me. I didn't get to do anything that I was doing previously. I got none of it. Every single way that I had heard from God or got to spend time by myself as an introvert was stripped away in that season. So he would come home from work, and I just started asking him, how was your day? And part of it was just because that's the only thing I could think to ask. I had nothing left. I was spent. I was just say, how was your day? But then anything that he would say back, I would start asking really, really specific follow-up questions on. And I would start to get so excited for him to come home. So I could fire off all these questions and like, oh, what did you do for planning Third Street today? What did you do for the vision? Who are you thinking to hire for this? What are you thinking you want for the mission or vision? Like, I mean, firing off so many questions, like anything that he was willing to share about what God was teaching him, I was like 
taking in, like I was standing in front of a fire hydrant with a Dixie cup, like just trying to fill up and catch and catch up. And what I finally realized after a while is that God was not speaking to me the way that he used to because God was answering my prayer. He was teaching me how to hear him through my husband. And in that season, like I gained so much respect for his spiritual leadership and his spiritual authority and the way that God moved in him that it completely changed me so that the day that the church opened, I could confidently look at every single person and say, this is a wonderful pastor that you're getting. And I learned how to hear from God through him and through so many other people because in that season, the only way that I heard from God was from everyone else around me. I had never needed like other people before that. I was good on my own. And it, so God, I learned, he was not silent. I was just not listening well. I think that that is one, <clears throat> that's one factor that we don't, that we don't take into consideration, right? Is like, is, is the season of life. And what I mean by that is like, it could be, it could be like the, the stuff that you're going through, but it also could be like the season of maturity that you're in right now. You had a really good a way of, of, uh, explaining it earlier with, uh, with, with cups. What were you, what were you saying? Oh uh, yeah. When we were off <laughs> before I hit record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the idea of like. You have 32 ounces of water, and if you pour that in a 32-ounce cup, the cup is full. But the reality is, like, if you pour 32 ounces of water into a 64-ounce cup, it's going to be half full. And the idea of, like, hearing from God and, yeah, feeling spiritually connected is like that often. We grow as people, and we change as people. I don't think we account for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that we're constantly evolving and morphing as people mm-hmm. and we grow and our capacity grows and where there is more of us, there need be more of God. So the way that we heard from God, like back in the day, may not be the way that we're going to hear from God now. Like it just. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't mean he's never going to speak to you that way again. It means he's giving you more channels, you know, he's giving you more ways <clears throat> to tap in. Yeah. I literally think of like, like albums or like movies or i mean even even like to be to be more christian about it like passages or sermons or whatever um that like i go back to and i'm like ah it just doesn't hit like it used to you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like like man like this used to like have such a vibe to it and then like i go back to it and i'm like "Ah, i just don't i just don't feel that way well did well did it change like did the product change or did like where I'm at change? Did like my season, did my season of life change? Mm-hmm. And is it me maybe like growing up and God also like now understanding like what I can handle and like what, you know, him maybe, um, you know, having, having me grow spiritually and, and evolving the way that he's able to speak to me because uh you know as as paul says we've we've moved on to the more substantial mm-hmm. things right like we've moved on from spiritual milk um i also think another thing that you know sometimes we don't take into account when we feel like god is silent is that and like y'all, y'all check me on this or, or help me if there's a better way i can say this but like god god's not saying nothing new in terms of like 
in terms of like everything that God's going to say, he's already said and shown through the person of Jesus. Am I tripping? Yeah. Like, like how do we, how do we validate or how do we affirm prophecy or things we've heard in the spiritual? What do we always say to use as checks and balances? You cross-check it with scripture, right? Absolutely. You cross-check it with, with the character and the actions of Jesus, which means everything that he is going to say or going to speak to you, he has already said and shown through the person of Jesus. Damn, come on, bro. I mean, if, as you look scripturally and biblically, what you find is like in Genesis in the beginning, like God is speaking liberally and constantly to Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And you find the fall happen. And you find, like, God speaking to Cain and Abel, but then you find that voice dwindle. And then you find, like, Noah, boom, prophet. God speaks, something happens. Then you find it dwindle, boom, Abraham. Like, God speaks, something happens. And you find God's voice weaving through this narrative in Genesis till it's completely silent in Exodus. Ironically, it's 400 years, just like the intertestamental period. And then God speaks to Moses through a burning bush. And Moses brings about liberation for the people of God, like through the ways of God and the power of God. Then you find the intertestamental period and God goes silent again after the exile. God's voice again as he speaks is not only when he speaks to Elizabeth, like, and when he speaks to, yeah, everyone, Mary in the beginning of the narrative, the, voice, the answer of God, like, to the cries of the people is Jesus. Jesus is what God has to say. Like, Jesus is speaking. And when we talk about the Bible, I think sometimes we get it twisted. Like, the church father Martin Luther says it best. The Bible is the cradle wherein Christ is laid. Mm. The Bible contains the story of Jesus. What makes the Bible the inspired words of God is it is the story of Jesus, the Old Testament, the history of the story of Jesus, and the New Testament, the commentary on the people of God and how they live as witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. The Bible is, is the story of Jesus, and Jesus is what God has to say. So is God silent? No. He's spoken through Jesus. And I think for me, I like to think of it as the big three when I think of God speaking and I feel like God is silent. So for me, like God speaks through his spirit, Pentecostal in me is going to come out here. God speaks to his spirit. God speaks to his scriptures. And God speaks to his saints. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, when I first got saved, it was God speaks to his spirit. Like, I was in deep Pentecostalism, and it was beautiful. Like, yeah. it was. Some of it was wild. Like, you had your <laughs> times when folks was prophesying, and, <laughs> yeah, they were yeah, having words that, we're from Casper the Ghost, not the Holy Ghost. It was, uh, yeah. But more often than not, like, folks was hearing from Jesus, like, tongues, interpretations, prophecies. Like, I receive, like, prophetic words that I've held on to, like, to this day. That, yeah. Like, yeah, keep me going in rough times. And I've seen God just, like, manifest in my life, like, throughout the years. But it was God speaking through the Spirit. Then I feel like when I went to Malone, it was God speaks through his word. Like I learned how to read the Bible. Mm. I learned what it meant to actually like hear from God, like through the text. And then it was like years of confusion on like, all right, 
is, does God speak to the spirit? Does he only speak to the scripture? And it was the saints. It was the people of God who like helped me figure that out. So now for me, like if I feel like God's not speaking through his spirit, I know he's speaking through his word. I go to his word. Yeah. If I feel like I'm in a dry season and I feel a block with the word, that's why we live in community. God's speaking through his saints. He's mm-hmm. speaking through other folks. He's speaking through other individuals. So for me, like, yeah, I like to look to one of the like one of those three. Like if I don't feel like God is speaking in this area or category, then man, I need to I need to pray in the spirit. Yep. I need to lean more into worship music. I need to do things that yeah, the disciplines and become more spiritually alive. Or I need to read the Bible. Or I need to actually like lock into the community around me and be encouraged by the testimonies of what God's doing in them. Because that's God speaking as well. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that serves in a way that's like, you know, because I I don't want to be minimalistic to the reality that like there are seasons where it's tough to discern. Yeah. Like, you know, exactly what you were saying with like the, the, the earwax, uh, 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 factual metaphor, um, factual uh, (laughs) of like, of like, dude, like, like there, there are seasons of like where, where we've, we've gotten some buildup, you know, we've gotten some, some blockage, we've gotten some stuff that like gets in the way of us being able to like receive. And that's super real. Um, but I think like if my question first of all would be like you know have you taken care of that blockage then right have you taken care of getting some of those things that might be preventing you from being able to hear um first of all my question is always have you tried uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not trying to be funny but like just because you feel like your pastor's sermons ain't hitting the last few weeks doesn't mean god's not speaking to you right, right? Like, like did you show up to stack yeah, like, like did you recognize <laughs> that you couldn't hear like, and like you do actually about it? yeah like created the margin in your in your life to like be silent before the lord and like try and try and hear his voice like have you actually done that um, but then, you know, also if, you, if, if you've taken the things like, you know what, I have been, you know, getting into this lately and maybe that's like distracting me from like, like if you've gone through the proper channels of like checking yourself and saying like, like it's, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm just, I'm just like, it's getting blocked or I'm just missing it. You know, that what you said, like spirit, scripture, saints, I'm, I'm stealing that like an artist. Like, oh, that's I, so I, like good. I'm, I'm literally going to use it in a sermon probably coming up. Like, Sunday. like that's, that's, <laughs> that's just three points actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not yet. Uh, but probably in the next few weeks. Um, like that's, that's a really good, like, that's a really good, th- those are methods that I would say are timeless, right? Timeless, Where yeah. there's like, there's certain movies and albums and sermons and passages and stuff that speak to us because of the season that we're in, because of the time that we're in, mm-hmm. but it won't always hit like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I hate to admit it, but if I'm, if I'm being all the way real and if, if, if you try to hold me to this, I might call you a liar, but like. Rocky four just doesn't hit like it used to, you know what I'm saying? Like it's one of my, it's one of my favorites of all time, but like, that's because Creed was made. (laughs) Oh, I wish we recorded this on video so people could see your face. Curtis Minter Jr. Michael B. Jordan is awesome. (laughs) You he's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, You need to relax. You need to relax. You, um, you know, but like, there's just certain things that like just don't hit like they used to. But then there are there are methods, and there are there are like those are timeless, like those are timeless ways that God has constantly 
constantly been speaking. And I think, I think like if I could, um, like if I could just add to the one thing about like affirming his voice that I, that I was saying earlier, it's like, um, you know, you might not always recognize the tone of, of voice that your kids are using. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I think of Sarah and Kaylee, especially my daughters right now, like they're in this weird thing. They got this thing going on where like, sometimes I really got to like, you ever like try to listen so closely that your eyes start to squint? Like, like I'm like, I'm like, I don't you know squint what. To see, but you turn <laughs> down the music in the car so right, that you can focus right. on it. Like, I don't know what like squinting my eyes is going to help me hear, but like they'll say something and I'll like squint my eyes and be like, was that Sarah or Kaylee? Right. It's often by the tone. I can't really tell. But when I listen to the words that were said, I'm like, oh, that was Kaylee. You know, like, or, 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 oh my gosh, that was Sarah, right? Like when you listen to the things that were said, you're like, that sounds like my daughter. Like the same is true with God, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times it is difficult to discern tone and methods and, and the different things like surrounding the situation going on. But my encouragement would be, would be to get those timeless methodologies down to the point that it doesn't matter the tone or the timing you know it by what is said. You're like, mm -hmm. oh, that's my God. Mm -hmm. That's my father. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's the Holy Ghost, not Casper the ghost I in Jesus' name. Not Casper. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon says, like, you can always trust the heart of God even when you can't see the hands of God. Ooh, ooh, and it's good. this idea that, like, as humans, like, we can't always see what God's doing. Like what the old folks used to say, God works in mysterious ways, right? Like, we can't always see how his hands are moving and how he's figuring out situations. And I think we're hearing from God, like that applies. Like oftentimes, like, yeah, sometimes we just like can't hear him because of like, we're humans. We're flawed. We're sinful. We're messed up. And more than that, like we're trying to figure it out. Like, and I think Spurgeon's so correct and it applies here. Like, even when we can't, like, hear the voice of God, we can trust the heart of God. Mm -hmm. Like, man, in deep questioning, like, when my aunt passed, like, from cancer, I was in a space of, like, deep mm -hmm. questioning. And I, like, I will always remember, like, the counselor, my dude, rest in peace, Pastor Mike, straight from the south, straight from Mississippi, my mm -hmm. guy. He would always tell me, like, I'd go in and talk to him like busted up, like not expecting him to like help per se, but I just knew he like would listen and I would go in and he like would often say to me, like, as we think about like asking life's deepest questions, we can always trust God's motives, mm -hmm. even if we question his methods. Yeah. And he would always say like in the Psalms, like David and the psalmist, like they question God's methods. God, why are you upholding people who are unrighteous? You find David in imprecatory Psalms, literally like saying, God, like what's going on? I want these people to suffer for what they're doing to me. But it seems like you're lifting it up. But Pastor Mike would always say, like, look at the Psalm and watch its turn. And the Psalm always turns from David questioning and doubting to David saying, hey, these are real things that I feel. This is real things that I see. But the reality is, God, I know who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I trust your motives. I know who you are. Yeah. And I think as we hear from God, like, I think it's okay to question, like, okay, what's going on? Why am I not hearing God? 
But I think we have to trust that God is speaking. And we mm-hmm. have to trust that he's speaking words of love on our behalf for our good. Man, that is spot on. Spot on what I feel like I have been learning about who God is lately. Um, I, I've recently taken to reading every single book and every single article and every single thing written by a theologian named Carolyn Custis James. Oh my gosh, she's so wise. Don't even bother looking for her on social media. She's not there. Go find her books. Um, she's oh, she's so good. And what she says in one of her books, uh, Lost Women of the Bible, she says, even in the most well-worn passages of the Bible, there is still more to learn. Even in the most well-worn oh, passages of the Bible, I'm there's still more like to learn. So, so she said that, and I'm like, you're right. I'm going to go to Genesis. Because how many times have we heard the story of creation, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's like one of the first things you learn if you grow up in the church, like in, in Sunday school as a kid, like, it's been on every felt board and Veggie Tales and anything ever, right? Like, right, right. Like if you went if you went on a mission trip, I guarantee you said that in English to people who don't speak English. Like you taught creation. At don't some worry, point. Grandma. I still remember your felt board <laughs> lesson. Shout out to my grandma. Right. So I went to Genesis one, and let me tell you, like I was stopped by verse two. Mm-hmm. I was stopped by verse two because what I had never taken note of before is the spirit of God was hovering. Mm-hmm. The spirit of God was hovering. So what does that mean? Right there in Genesis 1 and 2, in creation, before anything else, spirit of God was hovering. So that means the Holy Spirit was present at creation. When God breathed, he was breathing his spirit, and his spirit was part of creation, which means his spirit is incapable of anything bad or anything evil. The Spirit of God cannot cause you harm or speak harm or speak evil or speak negatively of you or to you because you are created in the image of God and the Spirit of God was present before Genesis 3 in the fall, which means the Spirit of God is only capable of bringing good and so if you are sitting in something that feels overwhelmingly horrible that is speaking anything but good over you it is impossible that that is from god it is absolutely impossible because the spirit of god is incapable of anything bad or evil because it was present before the fall and it was present when everything was declared good and in order like that stopped me in my tracks hitting that because how often when we feel like god is distant do we equate that with god is bad mm-hmm. or Ooh. god is mad at me or god is a mean father punishing me right god is hurting me like how often do we do we equate those two and they're not the same thing because usually in those seasons we're going through pruning and you know I love a good garden analogy. Here we go. When you are pruning when you are pruning a plant you are the gardener. And never ever in your relationship with that plant are you closer than when you're pruning. When you're pruning a plant you have your hand 
right on it. You are inspecting every little thing about it. And when you cut off even live branches, even branches that have fruit, you're cutting off good things, but you are doing it. And it might, it might feel painful in that moment as that plant is being stripped, but it's for the goodness of the plant because the spirit of God and who God is, is incapable of bringing evil and bringing bad on you. When a gardener is pruning, a gardener is inspecting every last little thing. Like when you got a basil plant, right? Like basil will start growing leaves all around the bottom and it'll grow them all the way up. And in order for that basil plant to thrive, to prune it, you have to pinch off live, good basil leaves at the bottom of the plant so that it can grow upward towards the sun. So you're pinching off good leaves and good things for the betterment of the future of the plant. Mm. In that pruning process, you are never closer than in those most painful moments, and you are not causing harm to the plant. But how often do we get angry at the pruning, right? But the Spirit of God can only bring good because the Spirit of God was present when there was only goodness. So as we think about God not speaking, a few things we want you to know and a few things we want you to take away. One, God has spoken principally through his son, Jesus. Like God is speaking always through his spirit, through his saints, through his scriptures. He's, he's speaking. The question for us is, are we positioned to hear him? Are there things that are blocking us from hearing him? Second, you know, I'm a pastor, so sometimes you'll hear me and you'll feel guilty. That's, that's <laughs> kind of what pastors do. That's but real. That's what, but a bad pastor leaves you there. So in an attempt not to be that, <laughs> uh, you don't have to sit in that space. And that space doesn't have to define you. And, you know, we all find ourselves in those spaces. If you want to be out of that space, uh, as my pal Steve would say, Steve helped, uh, he helped us start Citizens, and he's on staff, still as a volunteer now at Citizens, but he's a techie now. He works at a place called Patriot. He's moving up the techie ladder over there at Patriot. He's the man. Whenever I have a tech issue, I call Steve, and I say, hey, Steve, this is wrong. And what Steve says to me is, hey, what I tell you to do before you call me, and I often time say dang steve why you gotta do me like that and then i unplug it and i plug, and plug it, it back, back in, in. <laughs> oh my and then it normally starts working it's a video again. game you blow in the cartridge a little bit so our pastor version of that is have you tried like have you honestly tried like have you honestly sought to pick up the scriptures and ask god hey speak to me have you honestly sought to practice the spiritual disciplines? Have you honestly sought to like show up at whatever your community group is, whether it's like your church gathering, your small group, your village, your huddle, your whatever it is? Have you thought to show up? And lastly, if you ever have any questions about that, like ask someone, like ask someone trusted you know who hears from God. And my guess is if they hear from God, they'll want to help you hear from God as well. Thanks for listening to Bless Up. <laughs> That's all we got for this week. We'll see you back in two weeks. 
Um, hopefully, hopefully we drop something tangible and helpful for you if you're feeling like God is silent right now. All right, go in peace. Bless up. Bless up.